thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. Hey, everybody. We are here for a special Afternoon Army episode today with two special guests. So I want to hear from the first one, who is Becky. And Becky, you've been a regular listener to the podcast and part of our Patreon community over at Afternoon of Delight. So we've known each other through the internet for a bit of time now, yes? Yes, I'm a bit of an Afternoon super fan, you might say. Yes, we connected originally over a shared love of Korean dramas and kind of exploring plots through the writer's lens and just kind of finding joy in storytelling, correct? Yes, exactly. I feel like I've got you on trial and I'm like, (laughs) you know, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, as embarrassing as it may be. And then you kind of watched some of us go into this whole other rabbit hole. And like me, for example, I am one of these people who was just living their life, paying their bills in COVID, enjoying Korean drama. And then all of a sudden found myself in this like BTS rabbit hole. And I just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. And you were not there at first. I was not. I you know, when you listen to someone who's excited about something, you want to be excited too, right? Like it's infectious. So I checked out BTS multiple times and I was like, okay, yeah, they're cool. They're great. That's nice for them. I love that for you guys. And then Indigo dropped by RM and I listened to that album and I was like, what the hell is this? I I don't know. It caught me and I never looked back. I feel like I have just been breathing BTS for every single minute since December 4th. I don't even know the exact date, but since then, so it's a short, I'm a a baby army for sure, but I dove headfirst into the deep end, never looking back. Yeah. And it's an interesting time to join the fandom because we're in this like second chapter, as it's being called, the hiatus, because we have members that are going into the military. And so group events have hit pause, and we're in this time of solo efforts. And in general, the um, group has not, they've, they've done solo shows and experiences, but they've been pretty curated to like very um, intentionally like picked audiences, maybe in Seoul, or, you know, we saw Jin flying to Argentina to do a one-off performance with Coldplay. But, you know, the idea of them going on like a big tour, that ha- that's been kind of like a pipe dream for the fandom. I think we all were hoping that RM was going to do that with Indigo and he chose not to. Um, and so, yeah, we and we also know that enlistment is going to be happening over the next couple of months for pretty much most, if not all members. So the yeah. time was running out. I remember thinking, oh, my God, I just joined 
I fell in love with this group at the exact wrong time because they just went on hiatus and nothing is about to happen. How very, very wrong I was. This is a fantastic time. So yeah, let's take it to Valentine's Day. So Valentine's Day, we have the situation where, you know, BTS, they have uh, the platform Weverse and members will go online. And a lot of times they just show up and do not much of anything as we're aware Jungkook has been showing up quite often lately and doing like impromptu karaoke or falling asleep on camera or cooking. Um, But in this case, this day we had Suga, one of the more reticent and shy members of the group show up and I was watching the live. Uh, I don't speak Korean. So there's a lot of like where you just sit and watch him. And he often is just sitting there watching the screen. And so, you know, that's joy to watch, (laughs) which it is for me. Um, And then at the end, all of a sudden he had this really strange reaction where he seemed to get really excited, pumped his fist, kind of like, yeah, and then closed out. So I went over to Twitter because Twitter is usually where you get subtitles first of like whatever was going down. And I was hit with a concert poster and I lost my, I lost my fucking mind. (laughs) Yeah, I was listening too. So I, it's early in the morning. It was early that day, six or something AM or 6.30. And I had been listening and then, you know, you can, like you said, you're on Twitter and then I had to make breakfast for my daughter. And so I was only listening to audio, which is so bizarre. I'm just listening to audio of someone speaking in Korean and I don't understand it at all. I'm not looking at him on screen. I'm just listening to this person talk and I hear him make this growl and like yell. And then I glance over at my phone and his fists are up in the air. And I just said out loud to my daughter, I'm like, well, there's going to be a lot of memes about whatever that was. (laughs) And I go to my phone later and there's this picture. Actually, I think you had messaged it to me, Leah. And I was like, oh my God, this just happened. And then chaos just ensued from that moment on. It was a crazy morning because they started talking about tickets and how you get them. And I went into a panic about not being a real army and how do I get my official membership and just all kinds of things happened in a tumble that morning. All right. So before we get into our special guest, um, Becky, was there anything else that you wanted to share kind of about like the stress of the ticket buying process or any anecdotal things that you wanted to like get off your chest before you move over to introducing our guest? Um, That was just, it was, it was funny because the way it came out that morning was um, it seemed like tickets were on sale immediately. I remember everyone was panicking about the pre-sale, but it's, it felt like, oh my God, these are out right now. And if you aren't on top of things, you are not going to make it. So I just remember being over there and trying to get weavers, like, how does this work? And my messaging all kinds of different people. And I'm on four different devices trying to figure it out. And it was just um, a bit chaotic. Luckily, everyone kind of aligned and calmed down after a couple of hours. But um, then we realized we had a little bit more time. Yeah, I will say for myself, um, you know, as somebody who holds down a professional job at a university, but also has ADHD, you know, focus is always a struggle for me, except for the magical times when hyper-focus kicks in and the hyper-focus for concert season and getting tickets for the show kicked in. And next thing I knew, I was like in 50,000 places because I was like, I'm going to see this show. I'm going to see this show at least twice. And I, this is also going to feel like a little bit of a death match because this is going to be really popular. And, um, and so at that point, 
we started to hear a rumor because like, I'm not somebody who like, you know, I've been through like the Ticketmaster gauntlet of going to shows and things like that. But I'd say I'm like an intensely motivated concert listener, but I, I don't think I'd taken it to the next level before. And so I started to hear a name getting bandied around <laughs> in like a few of these like sub chats. And it was the guest that we have here today. And it was Brian Watson who um, I'm going to turn the floor over, Brian, for you to introduce yourself, but just to give a quick setup for what you are. Um, at, at the Oakland event where um, Sugar's doing his last two nights of the August D tour in May, um, you are a, give me your official title. It's a, a sweet. Myth. Director of premium sales and service. Perfect. All right. Well, why don't you give, you know, listeners just like a quick rundown of kind of like, yeah, what your title is and kind of like what you would do and like, you know, your overall job description. Uh, sure. And uh, again, thanks for, for letting me be a part of this. This is awesome. So yeah, I, uh, I essentially, um, I am in charge of selling and servicing the private suites and lounge boxes um, at Oakland Arena. So I've, I've been there about four years. Um, so all the concerts, a lot of times it's divvied out. There's a sales department and then a service department. Um, right now I do both. Um, so it's a lot, but, um, yeah, so I, I'm in charge of all things, premium seating for all concerts, sporting events, family events, anything live at the arena. And this, yes, presented a path forward that I don't think a lot of, um, fans had really realized was a very viable way to kind of like beat the rush of the on sale ticket, like quagmire that we knew was coming um because to get tickets for a bts show at this point you really have to like actually pay and become a card carrying army member and then like there's many steps that go into that then you have to pre-register on like three different sites again it's not the most straightforward process then you have to like try to get through the queue then you have to like get selected to be in the pre-sale and then you have to see if you even can get into the pre-sale and this is before we even get into like the general like verified fan pre-sales or the general sales like this is all happening just in like the bts fan base pre-sales like three before like the public sale and so to hear that there was this path forward potentially was really exciting and so we want to talk a little bit about that today but also just out of your job just sounds interesting so we want to talk a little bit about that as well so i think what will happen um for the format is becky and i are just going to kind of like popcorn off questions to you and we'll learn a little bit more about you know, like how to pursue getting tickets this route for a show that you might be excited about. And then here are just a little bit more about like the behind the scenes of like what your world looks like, because I think it is kind of fascinating. So to start it off, um, you know, what led you to this particular career path? Um, way back when, um, no, so I'm originally from uh, Seattle, Washington. Um, and I started, I was a music performance major, uh, mainly vocals and some piano and stuff like that. I was music performance major in college. Um, so I always wanted to do something with music, but unless you're an artist performing or maybe a music teacher, there's not really a lot you can do with the music performance degree. Um, but, um, out of college, I was working, you know, restaurant jobs and stuff like that. And uh, this opportunity came up to be a part-time suite concierge. So essentially just checking tickets um, on the suite level at my local arena up in Seattle. Um, I did that for about 13 years. Um, I started as just a, like I said, a part-time ticket taker, kind of worked my way up 
um, as like a lead and then kind of manage the service. So I definitely came from the service side. I'd never done sales. Um, and then about six, six years in, got the opportunity to be full-time uh, doing sales. And I was a little hesitant. Um, I don't know. I always thought of a salesperson as, you know, slick back hair, used car salesman with the finger guns, you know, selling <laughs> stuff that you don't need. Um, but I think I was really challenged by my boss at the time. Like, well, you're really good at servicing people and making sure that they have a good experience. And I think you can translate that into selling um, and kind of break that norm a little bit. So, um, so yeah, I did that for about six or seven years um, and then ended up coming down to the Bay Area right before COVID, which was the perfect time to uh, work in live events um, with my family. Um, I was here for about eight months Um no database started from scratch building this kind of suite events. Um, and then, uh, COVID hit for a year and a half. Wasn't sure if I was going to have a job, what, what live music was even going to look like. Um, so that was definitely a, an interesting time. Uh, and then, yeah, we reopened about a year and a half later, uh, the end of 2021. And then have been doing that ever since, uh, ever since. So. Yeah. And I just want to say and validate you as well that you are really good at your job and you definitely don't feel like you've got the finger guns and the slick back hair you feel like you're really people oriented which is one of the reasons we were excited to talk to you oh well I appreciate that yeah I think you know I I take I I try and take pride in that I think you know there's there's you know there's there's ways to sell things and the good part is the show sell itself I don't need to a passionate show you know fan for any show any genre I don't need to really sell the show, right? So I think that makes my job a little easier. I'm not selling something I don't like to sell. I'm not selling, you know, some random computer software that you don't really need, but I need to sell it to hit my numbers. Um, so I think that definitely helps. But I think, you know, I'm all about enhancing the experience. And I think that's um, what's cool about what we have here and 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 the avenue that we have. So I appreciate that. Thank you. You mentioned that things, um, you know, you, you talked a lot about COVID when you were talking about kind of the last few years, obviously, as we all went through, what have you seen that has changed? Um, so obviously it's changed a number of different times as we've adjusted how we're approaching being in large public spaces. What have you seen in those changes? And are there any trends that you're seeing that we might see persist going forward or that you think are interesting? Yeah. I mean, I think just there's, there's a lot. That's a good question. Um, I think we had to learn, especially, I think everybody, but especially in live music and anything where you have 20,000 people all getting together in, in a, in a space, um, you know, we use the corporate kind of cliche of pivoting and learning to pivot. And we definitely had to do that. Um, from showing vaccination cards to, yeah, I mean, I was pricing sneeze guards for our, for our, for our concierge desk and, you know, just that whole, like it, we've never had to experience that and kind of trying to think outside of the box to make people feel comfortable. And then you throw in everyone's in such a different place with what, with masks and no masks and vaccination cards and not showing vaccination cards. And so really trying to cater to everyone. Meanwhile, following county, city, state regulations, and they might be different in other areas and other venues and seeing venues opening up months and months and months before us. And um, it was, it was definitely a a, a kind of a journey and just seeing what works, what doesn't work. Um, I think the biggest trends have been um, 
seen a huge change and kind of an evolution from suites and premium seating. This is one reason why I think, you know, being on here is a cool experience. You know, a lot of people, like you said, don't know about the Avenue. And I think because for so long, it was a corporate thing. It was a companies will rent suites, annually lease a suite for a year. They get, they get access to all the shows for a year for their clients, their employees, their, you know, whatever. Um, and that kind of went away. Um, a lot of companies weren't doing, still aren't doing huge outings. A lot of people still working from home. And so how do we capture the non-corporate audience to attend something that had always been so corporate? And um, so, yeah, just thinking out of the box, you know, doing half suites and, you know, setting the minimum of, of suites down, you know, the number of people bringing that down and, and working with people on payment plans where before it was just a company swiping their, their Amex, you know, and whatever the price is, no, no matter, you know, so I think just kind of personalizing it more and customizing it more to each person, um, I think has, has, has helped. And I mean, it's definitely, uh, become a, a, a more, less of a corporate thing and more of a date night with the friends or, you know, a bunch of couples getting together or families or a bunch of, of, of uh, people that just love the group that are all together, you know? So it, it's, it's been cool and kind of refreshing to see that um, on my end, at least, because those are the diehard fans, not necessarily the, the businesses that are just, you know, having people show up, you know, because they won tickets and they don't even know what, what group it is, but they got these tickets in this cool space with some food. And, you know, so I think it's, I've definitely seen a a, a change in that as well. It's so funny. I, when we were, we, we'll get into this a little bit, I think, when, but when we were worried about how we get connected with you and I called and left a message. So I work in corporate marketing. So I knew that that's what these suites are usually for. So I, I dropped like my company name just in case that would help like get a call back. I was like, I'm legitimate. I know how this works. Please call me. Um, just so that anything, cause we were so desperate <laughs> to get them. Yeah, I think you know, uh, definitely we'll share the experience of of that that fateful day. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest. I think just coming in with a new area and and just a little, even a little more background. So we're at um, the arena where the Warriors, you know, the NBA team played, um, and my company kind of manages the entire arena, every aspect of the arena, from parking to security to marketing to maintenance to everything the one thing they didn't do was suites that was run by the team and so when they moved into their own building into the city um that's one reason i came down is they they we now have these this inventory and this space and this experience and these amenities and they had never really experienced that and how to sell it how to pitch it how to market it um and that's something that i did in in seattle and so it was kind of twofold it was coming down and and having this new space and coming up with building everything from this, you know, the SOPs of how to train staff and to how would, how do we price it? How do we market it? Um, and um, so I think it, it became a re-education as well because, you know, the team's not here, the building's still here. Yeah. We don't have all, we don't have, you know, 45 NBA games anymore, but now we have all this time and space to have these concerts. And what does that look like? How does that change annuals? How does that change packages? Um, so it was, it was a, it was a really, it was a big learning curve. And luckily I'd, I'd experienced that in my previous place too. So I think kind of learning how to approach it differently than just the standard. Everybody wants to go see the Warriors. Suites are sold out. You can't even get them to now all of a sudden we have all this inventory because 
when they went away, all the, the annual leases went away with them. All the sponsorship went away with them. So we had a blank canvas, not just on the suite, though, building wide to how, what do we want this this place to be and market it. And it was it was really cool. So, you know, we are talking a lot about suites and, you know, I assume that like some of the listeners have like maybe attended a show in a suite before. They're probably aware what it is, but, you know, just to kind of like make sure that we're all on the same page, like, can you describe what the premium suite options are at like Oakland Arena to the audience and how does it work to secure a suite and what might be the benefits? Because you're saying now we're kind of in this push where we might be moving away from like it all just being dominated by kind of like the corporate side, which is what I'd always assumed suites were into this more like populist thing where you could be, you know, harnessing this like power of like extreme fandoms to come together. Um, What is the difference between doing that than, you know, just kind of going out into like the open market to buy a ticket? Absolutely. Um, And I, I do have to preface in saying that Every single venue in every single city is is going to be different. Um, some venues don't have any suites. Some venues have a ton of suites. You know, so um, I can only speak to to Oakland in in the Bay Area. But um, yeah, I mean, essentially, we have kind of two basic things. We have our private suites, which are you know for the most part sixteen tickets, sixteen seats in the front, um, open air into the building. Um, we're kind of sandwiched between the one hundred and two hundred level, so great views. I know some venues have those really high up sky boxes, you know, we're not that high up in the building. Um, and then just the amenities and the privacy um, behind the seats, there's, um, you know, a couch and, a, you know, a chair and some a kitchenette with um, fridges and sinks and countertops for catering food. There's a, a, a coat closet to hang all your stuff. Probably the biggest um, perk of the suite is, is having a private restroom inside the suite. You know, I think that's number one, the biggest selling point. Um, I tell people who maybe want to be closer, oh, I want to be down on the floor. I'd rather be down on the floor than than in a suite. And I say, okay, but you know, if you have to use the restroom, you're missing two songs. Like it's just gonna happen um, no matter how fast you run. So I think the kind of the allure of it is shutting the door with your people, your friends, your family, your your workers, your whatever, your party, and you don't have to leave the suite. You can have food delivered to you, you have the restroom right there. Um, and you don't miss any action of the show. And I think that's, that's pretty big. So we do that. Um, we also have some smaller lounge boxes. Um, we're pretty much sold out of those. Um, those come in four, they come with like, um, the, the ability to purchase, uh, it's like a three course family style meal. Um, you know, there's a table right outside of your box. That's yours as well, that you can order. There's a behind that is our lounge, which has a bar and some rest shared restrooms and just a cool little vibe. There's like a painting of Jay-Z on the wall and some really cool leather couches. It's just a cool, um, and then the extra amenities, you have a server that, that, that serves you, whether you guys order food or not, we're also optional. Um, I, I made the intentional decision early on, um, to let, let the, let the guests customize what they want um, instead of forcing it. You know, a lot of venues, if you run a suite that you have to spend a minimum of five or $600 on food and beverage. Well, what if you don't want food and beverage? What if, you know, so we, everything is an add on. Um, so we, we keep the, 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 that's one reason why I think the pricing can be really reasonable is it doesn't come with any food and beverage, but you're not forced to pay for it either. Um, but then other than that, a private uh, comes with parking um, in a private lot, it comes with a private entrance, um, which is huge, especially on a day of a show, like a sugar show where there's merch outside and just pandemonium, um, the good pandemonium, but pandemonium nonetheless. So I think just, it's just kind of an all in one 
stop experience from the time you enter, um, even being able to purchase early, you know, and, and your entire experience from purchasing tickets until show day until leaving, it's it's all kind of catered to be a little more exclusive, a little more private. Um, so yeah, so that's what we offer it here in Oakland. Okay. Yeah. Like kind of switching gears a bit from like the nuts and bolts, like, um, you know, we, we did look you up ahead of time a bit, just like went on your LinkedIn and we saw that, you know, it said that you enjoyed people and music and food and sports, and you love giving people a reason to cheer. So, you know, obviously, you know, that we're both, you know, pretty in the fandom. Like I would consider myself like a relatively intense Augustine sugar fan. Um, (laughs) Would you consider yourself um, to be a super fan of anyone or anything in particular? Absolutely. Um, being a, a singer in, in, in a former life, um, I'm a huge, I'm huge on vocals. I don't care the genre. I don't care the the person. If if it's good vocals in my mind, I'm a, I'm a big fan. So, um, so yeah, I, I, my, my music taste is definitely all over the place. Um, I would say music wise, um, I'm a, I'm, I'm probably a, my guilty pleasure. I'm a huge Paramore fan. Um, I think Haley Williams is amazing. Um, I think if you saw me, you wouldn't expect that, but I definitely, um, blare out, you know, sing out some Paramore in the shower or in the car. Um, and then I would say probably for me, I nerd out the most for Marvel. Um, just growing up, um, not so much the comics, but, um, I had the trading cards, um, the movies, um, the cartoons growing up. It's just that nostalgic feeling as a kid. So um, I definitely nerd out all the Marvel movies and shows. I watch all the Easter eggs, you know, breakdown shows and on YouTube and stuff like that. And um, I have a, I have a, a long standing text chain with some friends, you know, over all the Marvel theories and all that stuff. So I definitely say Marvel. And I will say I, I, I'm new to K-pop, um, but I do have, on my Spotify playlist on regular rotation, I do have a couple, um, I do have a couple, I have psycho from red velvet is a, is a good favorite of mine. Um, and then life's too short. And I don't even know how to say that. Is it Espa? Aespa? I'm not even trying to say it, but. Um, yeah, so this is actually funny. Like if I don't stand the group, like I have other friends that are big into K-pop and sometimes we'll just have to be like, we have to Google really quickly. Cause I'm actually not quite sure phonetically how to do that one. <laughs> But, but yeah, A E S P A. I'm not yeah, sure. I know exactly what you're um, saying. But I love that. That uh, that's a great song, and it's mostly in English, so I, I get I vibe with it. And um, so that was all before all the the K-pop craze, um, you know, selling it stuff. So I, I've definitely, obviously, Blackpink, BTS. Um, but yeah, I definitely have a couple songs on my uh, on my Spotify playlist that I bumped to. As a Marvel fan, where, have you gotten to go to Comic Con yet? I was. Comic-Con's here in San Diego, which is where I'm at. And so I reached out to Comic-Con friends for advice on how to get tickets <laughs> to the Sugar concert. Cause it's, I think it's equally a uh, Hunger Games situation to get those kind of tickets. Have you ever gotten to go? I have not. Um, but funny you mentioned that. Um, I was talking with my, my wife and about just going to San Diego. I didn't even know it was Comic-Con mm-hmm. at that time. And, um, and we found out that the time that we want to go is going to be right around Comic-Con time. So um, I do have some connections I might have to reach out to, to see, but yeah, that would be, I don't know if I dress up. I don't know if I go that, that big, um, but it would be really cool to experience for sure. Just linger near the convention center and you'll have a good time. You don't That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Like just be downtown. You're good. It'll be fantastic. Um, 
All right. So what's a memorable event that you've worked at at your arena? Like, so what's been kind of one of the ones that stand out to you that was particularly interesting or where the fan base was really excited? Yeah. I mean, man, there's been a lot. I've done this going on almost 16 years. Um, Just off the top of my head, I think um, I'm not a massive fan of either of them, but I'm obviously know them, but Elton John, Billy Joel together was pretty oh. epic. Um, they each did their own thing. And then at the end, they came out dueling pianos. And I didn't realize how many songs I knew by those artists until you hear them play them. Awesome. So that, that that was definitely, um, I'm a pretty big Justin Timberlake fan. Um, I did go through a boy, ba- boy band phase as well in my life. So um, yeah, I think uh, his 2020 tour, um, his Man of the Wood tour was okay. But his 2020 tour was pretty epic and just the stage setup the stage came up on hydraulics and it it moved all the way to the back of of the arena with him on the stage um that was pretty cool um and i think just seeing artists before they become big is you know you see a lot of opening acts and a lot of times you're like who's this person i've never heard of this person um i remember bruno mars his first album had just come out he wasn't massive yet um, now I think he only plays stadiums, but he played our arena and Ellie Golding opened up for him and she was also not a massive name. So like, that was a pretty cool show oh. to see that. Um, that was just a party. And then, yeah, I think, you know, all just the, some of the opening acts I've been, I've been introduced to a lot of kind of no name artists just from hearing them be like, I really dig that. And I check them out and, and start following them on Spotify or something like that. So. I do that too. I have a big love for the opening acts because I feel like I found some like real, yeah, some groups I've really enjoyed or solo artists I've really enjoyed just by like making sure I show up and be curious a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I, I tell people, people are like, oh man, you probably hear cool songs, all you know, cool artists all the time. And I, you know, I, I definitely have, and I've been real blessed in that, but I also say for every amazing artist, you know, that, you, you know, the Billy Joel's and the, you know, the Paul McCartney's and the, you know, whatever you get about five or six artists you've never heard of that are screaming and, and don't sound very well. <laughs> You're like, ah. so it's not, it's not all peaches and cream. I will say the most, the craziest event that I went to was actually Madonna. So I saw her in 2008 and it's not that, I mean, her show was great. I, I don't want to take away from that, but it happened to be November and it was the night Barack Obama got elected and they called it during her concert and she announced it to everyone and it went crazy I mean everyone was there like I've never been in a space that had that much energy and it from that moment on I mean she just her her band like everything the crowd was crazy it was absolutely out of control it was completely fantastic it was a great I would have not thought that being at that concert during an election night was an ideal spot particularly but it was awesome I'll never forget it yeah, no, I, that, that's a good point. I think uh, there's a lot of moments that come to my head too, where the fan involvement is what makes that moment special. I think back to um, random Lionel Richie, you know, fan of a couple of his songs, not a huge, you know, knowledge of his music. Um, but he, he sang, we are the world, you know, and he, he, he helped kind of write that song and that, you know, the, the, the original version, not like the third remake of it all these years later with all these new artists, but the, like the original in the seventies and eighties. And he sang that. And at one point he just stopped and the entire crowd sang the entire song. And like, you get chill, like stuff like that is, 
you know, you, it's, it's pretty cool. And I think that goes back to being, being able to help create that moment and where it's these fans of, it may not be music that I like, it may not be a band that I've heard of, but the people that are there are there for a reason. It's, you know, maybe they saved up their whole lives for it. Maybe they've been waiting forever. Maybe they flew from another country because it's their favorite band. So um, just moments like that are pretty stinking cool. Yeah. And I think I was talking about this with my husband recently, because we were coming back from the city because now that COVID I'm yeah, COVID's not over, but you know, things have opened up. Live music is a thing again. And I've just been finding so much joy in live music more than I think I have ever, even like maybe in like my early twenties, I just feel like I go to live music all the time now. And part of it is just like, yeah, that magical power of now of just being in the space in this like one moment. And you, it's almost like meditation, except I find meditation. I just don't find joy in it, but I find a lot of joy in like the music and just having that moment. That's very, very present. And so, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And, and again, I think, you know, it, it, I've, I haven't met one person on this earth and now granted I haven't met everybody, but I've never met one person that doesn't like music in some form, whether it's, you know, K-pop or rock or country or jazz. I mean, any sort of music. And it's, so it's pretty cool. I mean, music's, I think one of the few things on earth that bring people together, um, you know, even sports, like you have your teams and, you know, different sports, but so I think it's, yeah, like you said, I think there's just that, that energy of all the people, whether it's 300 or 20,000, um, that are all there for the same reason for this, with the same love, with the same respect of the artist, you know, with the same experience, it's a pretty cool feeling. Okay, so before we get into like specifically like the August D fan base that you've been interacting with, um, you know, you've kind of touched on the fact that like you can be surrounded by other passionate fan bases. And so I'm just curious, like, do you have any good stories? And I don't know why, but like knowing that like Disney and Ice just came through, like I am curious, like, is there like this like, as a side, just curiosity is like, is there an intense Disney and Ice fandom as well? Or is that more like, I'm just chill and I'm doing it for my fam? Um, yeah, figure out how to, how to, how to articulate this. Um, I think with regards to like the Disney fan, I think it's a lot of the moms that are, you know, want a special experience for their kids, which isn't always, um, a good thing if, if I, you know, I can just leave it at that, but so there's definitely, it's definitely passionate, but maybe in a a different way. Um, no, I think. The story that comes to mind, and it actually happens to be um, a BTS story, Um, and it it was right when I um, arrived. um, Actually, I think it was right before I arrived in the Bay Area when they when BTS actually played um, at the arena in Oakland. So this probably was like 2018, 2017, 2018. And I we have photos, and but um, it was the first time where the fans were very polite and kind. And not usually when you open up a GA floor um, and a general mission floor where it's first come first serve um, people are running. There's elbows flying. There's it's, it's, it's survival of the fittest. It's every person for themselves. Um, It becomes a little bit of a security nightmare, you know, and, and, you know, you hear, especially like the festivals, especially where they open up like Coachella, they open the doors and people bum rush in and, and people get knocked over and injured. And I mean, it can get kind of, you know, it can get a little chaotic, chaotic, a um, little chaos, but um, everyone, I just remember there's a video of 
um, one of our guest services people, they had a rope and they just had, everyone just grabbed the rope and just walked from the parking lot down. Nobody ran ahead. No, everyone. And it was just this video, this very calming, like if you ever see, you know, if you ever like, especially in the city, like there's daycares in the city where they have the the rope with all the kids, like holding on for safety. And it was kind of like that. It was very peaceful. And, and, and I'll just never forget that picture of why isn't everybody running, clawing at each other, at everybody, you know, um, to try and get in the front. And it was, everyone was just super kind and patient. And it was something that you don't see very often, especially in our, in our instance. Well, you know what, that's really reassuring because, <laughs> you know, from where I sit, like, no, I would say it has been a really wonderful fan experience. Um, I've been to CBTS um, in two different venues in Los Angeles and Las Vegas and seeing them as a whole group. And I think the audience has always been part of the experience for me. And something that's really been touching for me and seeing um, it is, I think, just the fact that like all of humanity is represented. So like all racial backgrounds, all body shapes, all ages, like the last show I was at, there was this really cute older couple that was probably honestly like maybe 80, but they had like the fan chants printed out so they could like read the fan chants as they were going. And then there were like people who brought like pretty little kids. Like I brought my daughter who was a preteen, but I mean, like people had brought like four-year-olds. And so you kind of had like this whole gamut and it never felt like it was going to get out of hand or that those people who might like a small child or like an older couple, like it never felt like it was going to get unsafe. It felt like everyone was there as part of this like collective family. And that was, I think that's part of what makes, you know, standing in this group feel really special. No. Yeah. And it's, it's very safe to say, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on a, a K-pop genre podcast um, at the arena, the K-pop shows are our favorite hands down. They're the smoothest. Everyone is so kind. People stay after and clean up. Like who does that? Right. Like, um, and so I think, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see. And I, I think it goes back to that, you know, people are there for the music and they want everyone to experience it. And I think just, it's refreshing to see all ages, all, all genres, all backgrounds, all, all looks um, there for, for one thing. And it's to have fun and to make sure other people, you know, I know, especially K-pop shows, a lot of times we open early because we do the outdoor merch, just because merch is a whole nother thing with, um, with K-pop fans. And um, so it's, it's refreshing to see people bringing water and people making like snack kits to hand out to other people that they don't even know, and, um, and so, yeah, I mean, if, if we could only have K-pop shows, um, we would love that because it's, it's very refreshing. And again, I'm not just saying that I, I, anyone and anyone, uh, my colleagues would hundred percent agree with me. That's so sweet. I'm in this, a couple, um, groups that I haven't been in before. And I noticed that a bunch of people are creating freebies, like merch freebies to give away, which apparently is a known thing. Anyone who's been a fan longer than me probably knows about that, but I'm like, it took me a few times of seeing people post like, do you guys like these? I'm going to have these in line. Like, what are these people doing? Like they're making super cool things to just give away in line and everyone's going to be trading. And it just feels like even the lead up is so joyful and kind and generous it's I'm like they're for a thousand reasons but I continue to be grateful I'm like oh that I'm in this fan base I'm like this is so cool yeah I think a lot of shows it's it's what what's in it for me I mean really just in life in general I think I don't know I I heard this 
I heard this kind of anecdote that has always stuck with me. Um, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's, there's the person that grabs only one slice of pizza. So there's enough for everybody. And then there's the person that grabs three slices of pizza because there's not enough for everybody. Um, and I definitely think the grabbing one slice of pizza. So everyone else gets one is definitely the fan base uh, for K-pop. You know um, it's, it's been, it's really cool to see um, people sharing information. Um, the, you know, we, we monitor, uh, we, we sometimes will monitor some of the, the, the chat logs and Twitter and stuff like that, just to see how it pertains from a marketing standpoint. Um, and it's really cool to see. I mean, no other genre has that capacity of just how, how everyone communicates with each other. It can be a good thing or a bad thing. If, if, if some sort of information gets out, that's not right. And it gets just spread to the masses. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really cool to see um, that it's not, they're not in it for themselves and they want the best experience and they don't care who else they move aside or, or get through or get to the front of the line. So they get that experience. They in fact would almost rather step back. So everyone in front of them has a good experience. It's really cool and refreshing. And so I want to like, yes, take that gold star on behalf of the entire army fandom and for K-pop in general. But I will say And this, like, you know, I'm not looking for tea, but I will say it's an intense experience. Like the anxiety that I held in my body for a period of time leading up to getting the tickets without, without hyperbole, when we finally, because we have, we got a suite for one night and then we also went into general sale for the, uh, or, you know, for the army sale for the other night. And at the end of that experience, I'm not proud but it's not like I'm a pretty grounded person. <laughs> um, I I sank to the sidewalk in a downtown Santa Cruz because I'd actually gone to like a workspace that like guaranteed really good internet because I didn't even trust the university's internet. And I like literally just like mostly collapsed outside in like a like relief, panic, laughing ball that like this had all worked out. So I'm just guessing that you were like experiencing some big feelings and that may happen in other shows too, but I'm just curious, like, how was it for like the August D sales? Like, what is it like to just have that many people looking at you being like, make my dreams all come true? <laughs> Great question. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, so as of right now, currently, um, suites for our venue, you cannot purchase online. You have to go directly through me. I have one other person that also sales, um, as well, but that's it. So, um, it, it definitely gets filtered. We don't get the, you know, 40,000 verified fans, but I mean, I think I had close to 400 inquiries in the first maybe six hours. And so that was a little daunting. Um, And for me, I think for me, I wanted to be as fair as possible because I don't have the technology, you know, to as far as waiting lists and all that. I mean, I literally had my email, my cell phone for texting. People were were texting that they would email and text and call um, my my work phone. So I literally, I mean, at at one point... (laughs) Uh, you guys can't see that, but Becky's hiding her face right now in shame. No, um, this, they're not supposed to know that. Just kidding. Just kidding. No. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it was, I knew it was going to be hectic. I couldn't, I didn't want to like answer one call and sell that person a suite. If I missed four other calls before them, or 
just go through my emails because that's the easiest to respond. I can just, I can quick part or, or just, you know, type up something quickly and ignore people texting me. Right. So I think the challenge for me was to try and be as fair as possible. I knew that there were going to be more people that wanted suites that couldn't just because we don't have the inventory. So I was very like meticulous in, 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 in timing it. Like I would, I would literally write down, okay, I have 10 voicemails. I would, I would listen to all of them and, and write down and I would keep track of the time. I would look at the email, I would look at the time, the time on the email. And I would literally just go linear. Like these three emails came before this phone call. So I'm going to answer these three people first and then answer this voicemail and then answer these two other voicemails and then answer this text message. And it took me a while, as you can imagine, but I wanted to make sure that I could be as fair as possible because the last thing I wanted to do is, oh, you got lucky because I just happened to pick up my phone right before I called someone and 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 you called and I answered you. But meanwhile, these eight other people that called first, I'm going to sell you. Like, you know what I mean? So I think that was where the chaos was for me. It took me a solid, that's one reason why, um, Becky, I wasn't able to respond to you so quickly. Um, but again, I think it goes back to everyone was so patient and I know that there was this anxiety and I think selling before the on sale helped a little bit um, because, you know, people were like, well, if we can't get a suite, at least we can still maybe go online. Um, But I think, yeah, I mean, um, people were very patient. Every single email, every single person I talked to, thank you. I know you're busy. I can't imagine what you're going through. Thank you for taking the time. So that definitely helped, but I mean, yeah, it was chaos. And, and, and I think I had to just kind of shut down and not answer my phones because again, for that reason, like if, if I'm letting one go to voicemail, they're all going to voicemail and then just respond in order um, just to be as fair as possible. So you, let me just say you handled it. I, from just getting to talk to you on the phone that day, I don't know if it was, I think it was a couple of days for you. You were, I don't know what was happening inside of your mind, but on the outside, you were extraordinarily calm and kind, patient amazing like truly I I mean I would have I certainly could guess that there were a lot of us contacting you and we did guess that but the way that you communicated was very very impressive thank you I appreciate that and I think I go back to my my training days in the restaurant where um I had to be a swan and what I mean by that is above the water I'm this graceful creature and what am I doing under the water frantically flapping my feet, you know, to stay afloat. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's controlled chaos and it's, I think it's how you, um, how you react to it. And that's where I think the service part of sales is, is important, um, for that because I, you guys were all stressed out and, and I wanted to create this experience, but I just had to be very careful and meticulous about it. No. And I remember you being so thoughtful. You were, you called me on the phone because we had, I'd left you a voicemail and you, um, you explained how everything worked. And then you said, you know, I can send you the options and then you can reply to me via email. And I remember in that moment saying to you out loud, if I hang up this phone, you're going to call the next person on your list, right? Like that's how this is going to go. And you just started laughing and you're like, yes. And I'm like, I'm a yes. It's a yes. We'll figure out which one later. Don't go to the next person, um, which was just funny because I, I I could tell that that was how it was playing out, and you were you were very patient with my excitement over that. <laughs> Luckily, I've done this long enough where I I kind of have my spiel a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it, I could have been a salesperson that was like, "Here's the suite I have, take it or leave it." 
Um, that's not, that's not me. Like I want you to at least intentionally or unintentionally be in control of your experience. Right. So if I can offer you, if I only have three suites, but I can offer you those three and let you pick, maybe you don't pick the one that I would have picked for you. Right. Like maybe you, what's best for your party. So that also brings more challenges too, because I'm sending six locations to 20 people and waiting to see who comes back. And there were probably a lot of people that were like, I want this suite. And I was like, eh, it's not there anymore, but I can give you this one <laughs> kind of thing. So. And just as a side question, did you know, like, do you know ahead of time, like when they're like, okay, you know, like August D is going to come, like, are you like, oh, well, there goes like my, like my life is like, you know, I might as well just like, you know, clear my desk for a little bit or like, you know, did this hit you with like a surprise? Um, also a great question. Um, I think I've been, I've been humbled a lot in this and I've been challenged a lot in this thing. Again, for 15, 16 years, there have been plenty of shows of artists that are like, oh, this is going to be a massive show and it's crickets or on the flip side. I've never, you know, uh, another big thing in, in the Bay area that I'm not used to from being up in Seattle we do a ton of Latin shows. And a lot of times these are artists I've never heard of. And I have to gauge sometimes pricing, sometimes availability, like based off somebody or some genre that I don't know anything about. Um, and there's definitely been shows where I'm like, whoa, I was not expecting that. Um, I didn't know at first. Um, and I don't know if this was intentional on the marketing side. Um, when it was Sugar slash Augusty, I'm like, I don't know who that is. And then when then I started seeing Sugar of BTS, and I said, oh, okay, all I needed to see was BTS to know that um, it was it was going to be a doozy. Um, yeah, That's so huge. I like it. <laughs> but sometimes I'm definitely surprised. I, I plan on on a busy morning, and it's not as busy. Um, or you know, so it's it's definitely uh, it's, it, it changes. It, it fluctuates for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just kind of an interesting, you've got a really interesting view on like cultural zeitgeist as they like move through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I think there are definitely stereotypical shows, you know, rock shows, hip hop shows where you kind of can expect stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, that I think K-pop has been the most surprising, um, just with the, the, the genre of people, the, just the, the diversity of people. And again, like they, they, for some reason, I don't know why they get it for the most part. I mean, you're every fan base is going to have, you know, their, I don't want to say they, their strengths. I don't want to say weakness, but we always say area of opportunity, um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's been, it's been very, it's been very nice and, and refreshing. Again, I, I use that word a lot with, with that, but it's been refreshing because I've done this for 16 years. And I know a lot of times too, especially early on pre-COVID, um, you know, sweets, sweets because of the amenities can be a little bit higher priced. And so you deal with higher priced people a lot of times. And, you know, I've, I've, I've used the term bougie before, Um you know, where there's an expectation, and rightfully so, you're getting all these amenities, you're getting this expectation of this. Um, so, so sometimes the expectations are very high. Um, and dealing with that, with that kind of those kinds of expectations, you definitely run into people um, that have very high expectations. Um, and so, uh, 
yeah, it's been, it's refreshing when people are like, Hey, I appreciate that. Like, thank you. I know, I know it took you a while to get back to me. I understand why. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And just to kind of like, yeah, frame that too, I guess from like where we were coming from with it is a couple of things. Like I'm a very, Look, I like to have like bougie coffee, but I wouldn't consider myself like a bougie human. Um, but we have a so there were like a couple of things that made the sweet. So if I can just like throw that out for like listeners to hear too, that made this really impactful for us. One is we have people who have different types of physical abilities. So we may have people who have like back issues or different things. And so having something where it can be a little bit more like, we're not just saying like, you're going to go down to the like GA floor, the general mission floor, and, like grind out there, like good luck for you. This is like, look, you can come to this actually, like you don't have to self-select out. Um, another thing I really think that is amazing about it is this fan experience, like it is about the artist and the music and that's amazing. It's about the whole fandom as well. And then it's about the friends you make within the fandom. So you were talking about how you have the Marvel text thread. Like, I feel like now, I have like multiple threads with different folks like Becky now as like a newer baby army. And then people who I've been in it with for a little bit longer, who they're like part of my community now and people that I've like met at, like I've planned to go see the CBTS and I've met them actually in person at the seats at the show, but I've talked to them for like eight months online beforehand, but I'm actually like meeting them face to face at the concert. And so to be able to bring in a group like that and just be like, we're all friends, like in real life, internet land or whatever, and we're all going to be together and have this shared thing where we're not spread out all around the theater, but we can like, kind of like take the whole excitement of the entire venue and then bring it down to this like one sweet box. I think that's what I'm really pumped for. Yeah. I think you're it's interesting for you because you're 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 seeing both ends of the spectrum at this show right like you're going to be down on the floor you know um in in it and then and then have the suite and i think yeah i mean just i think the biggest thing is is like you said the space the privacy that you get i mean you literally shut the door and it's just your people you never know what you're going to get um and i'm not necessarily concerned as much with this kind of show but you never know what you're going to get with the people around you the people in front of you the people behind you um, you just don't have to deal with it. It's, you can be as loud as you want. You can stand up and dance. You can sit down and be quiet. Um, all of our suites are ADA accessible, um, which is great too. Um, again, the private restroom, uh, is amazing. Um, but yeah, I think it's just it, it, when people realize you can, you can order some food and snacks. There's a standing area. I always call it the networking area right behind the standing. That's yours. You guys can all stand. There's places for photos. And again, it, you don't have, you don't have that creepy person next to you. Like, you know, you don't know what their intentions are. You don't know, you know, it's, it's your space. It's secure with, with, uh, with the family shows, the Disney and ices. Um, I have a, a, a seven and a four-year-old, um, it's incredible because they can just kind of run around. They jump off and on and off the couches back there. They shut the door. It's private. It's safe. Um, and I, I look at my wife and I, my, my sons are bougie now because whenever we go to a place, they're like, Oh, is it in a suite? I'm like, no, not everything is in a suite for you. You're four. What are you, you know, but uh, I look at my wife every time we're in a suite and I'm like, can you imagine right now being in the middle of that, like in the middle of that section with 300 people and our kids trying to climb over everything and run. And um, so, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. 
that makes me laugh because my middle child who is a k-pop fan her very first concert was um pink in san jose where we got box seats through a friend who had like a corporate you know access to a suite and the level of expectations like and then the come down when i she realized like the next show wasn't going to be like just unlimited food and like chilling out in the couches was like yes this is how you know this is how the rest of us are um so just to like close things out because I really appreciate the time you've taken with us um I just want to ask because for me this is a this is a show that like without irony I've told people and I've been judged and supported that if I could see any act living or dead and I mean like anything like I even like give my apologies to like Mozart like anyone this is the show that I am stoked for like this is my apex show and so I want to give you this question of if you could see any musical act living or dead band solo artist whatever like who would that be and why such a tough this is like who's your favorite child you know like (laughs) I could go on we could probably do an episode of a podcast just on this I just love really uncomfortable questions um I mean I, I think for me, I, I'll give a couple just because I can't pick one. Um, I think it's not even really my genre of music, but I think like Jimi Hendrix, just because I was born and raised in Seattle and the amount of murals and talks and statues and museums, um, you know, I, I feel like I I know him, you know, because <laughs> I've just been just surrounded by that my whole life. Um, Michael Jackson, I was obviously around Um I never saw him live, but I mean, you know, the, the history album is, I sing every song at the top of my lungs. Um, so I think that would have been cool to see. Um, I was actually thinking about going to his like London residency before he passed um, because I thought it would have just been really cool to see that like a historic moment. Um, and then I think too, again, not, not like a super fan, but I think the Beatles in their prime um would have been really cool. And my, my arena in Seattle, one of the first, actually, I think it was the first event ever. It was built for the, for the 1963 world's fair in Seattle. The Beatles were the very first act to ever play that building. Um, I think it would just been cool to see, see that hype where nobody in the crowd had cell phones. Everybody was, you know, like, um, so I think those three just off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. Just, I love so much music and, yeah. Yes, it's tough. So thank you for taking a stab. I just think it's, I really like when people just are really excited about things. And so I just wanted to, yeah, let you have a fan moment too. And yeah, seeing some of the seminal big, I just, I'm going to be so excited. And if I meet you when I'm there, I will not be my best self. I'm going to be an energetic disaster. If there is no sobbing, then I'm, I'm not, I'm leaving. I'm just kidding. No, I'll, I'm going to, oh, for sure. I, Day of events, I'm there, like popping in every suite, checking on everybody. So I'll def a hundred percent stop by. We'll have to get a, we'll have to get a, a selfie for yeah, for Twitter or something. <laughs> well, Brian, I yeah, just to close it out because you've been really generous with your time. Um, yeah, just be on behalf of I think fans in general. I hope you get really good karma in the future because I just feel as if you deserve it. It's really nice to. See encounter good people in situations that feel like this and you made it humanizing when 
it felt like it could have gone like a very different direction. So like just even being able to be like, I don't know, we can ask Brian. I'm like, there's a name and this person sounds nice and they sound friendly and they like get back to Becky. It was just a really nice thing to be like, yeah, it just made something feel, it made it feel good. And so I just want to give you some appreciation for that. Thank you. I I really, I mean, that's literally as cliche as, as I can be. That's like why I do what I do. Uh, I'm sure that there's probably somebody even listening. That's like, well, I called him. He didn't answer. He never called me back. But um, so I'm glad that it was good for you. But I, I tried. I tried. I, I really did. So sorry if you're out there. And try again next time because there'll be more. That's the exciting thing is there's always going to be more shows. And, you know, we may have to wait a bit for some, but there will be more. And Becky, do you have anything else you want to say to close it out? No, I just, this was great, Brian. You're super fun. I loved hearing your stories. I hope you get to go to Comic-Con <laughs> and I can't wait to see you. We definitely need to do a selfie in the suite or what is it when it's more than one person? I feel like there's a different word for a groupie. It's not groupie. Mm-hmm. Like groupie. <laughs> I'm not cool. I'm more bougie than cool to be clear. So just now we know. I love it. I love it. Yeah. A group selfie. I don't know. Selfies, selfies. I don't know. Yeah. A Gelfie? I don't know. I'm not cool. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for anyone listening. And uh, yeah, we'll be obviously reporting quite a lot from the Augusty Sugar shows. So that, like, that whole buildup is going to be, you know, we're only 28 days. Brian, I apologize. I have an encyclopedic memory when it comes to this. We're 28 days from the first show um, out in the East Coast. So this is going to be a very pivotal time for me in my life. And listeners will get to hear it, like it or not. <laughs> yeah. And I, I will say quickly, if you don't mind, I think if if there's anyone in the area that wants information about suites in, in the Bay, um, it's real simple. Uh, the email is just suites at coliseum.com. And that'll go to me. Um, if you have, if you see any, any events that you like or, or want more information about suites and, uh, yeah, I, uh, no worries because I, I live my life. I know what day is what based off what shows we have around that time. So I know like, oh yeah, May 15th, that's going to be a, you know, Thursday or whatever, just because I know three days earlier, there's a show or something. And yeah, one other question. So would people who just kind of want to keep an eye on the arena too, like, do you, would it be best to just kind of like watch the Oakland arena, like webpage too, to kind of see what's coming Like where would be a good place for people when they're, especially because you're saying there's been quite a lot of K-pop coming to that space. Like, is that a good spot for people to kind of, do, do things get posted being like tickets will be on sale soon? Or, you know, like if, if you're like, okay, I just love mm, 17. And I'm assuming they're going to tour next year. And so I just want to start kind of watching. Would that be a strategy people could do? And then if they see it pop up, contact you? Yeah, hundred percent. So a couple of different, different things. Um, I would definitely, especially if you're social, in the social media, um, our Instagram and Twitter are awesome. Our marketing team is great. So if you, um, the Oakland arena on, on Instagram is probably a good one because we'll, every show announce every on sale, um, everything there, our website. Um, if you're, if you're interested in, in suites and premium seating, you can also email, um, that email that I said, the suites at coliseum.com, or we have a form on the website you can fill out and it asks if you want to be on our mailing list. So, um, I try not to spam out every single show announced. So I usually try and do once a month, I'll send out the newly announced shows. Um, so that, that's a good way as well. But I think definitely if you, 
Um, if you go on, on Instagram, I, I don't have it on top of my head. I'm guessing it's just um, Oakland Arena. Yes, but, I just put in Oakland Arena and then followed you on Instagram. So yeah, I, so that's a good way, especially if you're local, because um, besides all the crazy, you know, like the fun videos and stuff like that, you'll see um, event show, like photos from the show, um, any any sort of hype videos or or any videos announcing it. Um, you know, we, we have and, and we have tons of genres and tons of shows um, coming up. Yeah, I mean. After the the sugar madness, we went straight into twice and now Mama Moose. So, I mean, it's been <laughs> it's been a, a K-pop haven for sure. Yeah, love it so much. So, all right, well, thank you and enjoy the rest of your day. And you know, stay hydrated because it sounds like you've got a lot of big shows coming to be supportive of. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Can't get enough of BTS? Cool. Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Great. Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon Delight, K-Drama Deep Dives from three romance authors with new episodes dropping every Wednesday. 